I have my uh, my house member. Uh, I don't know. You know, she actually, Heather Keeler is here with me. Good morning, Heather. How Good are you? Good morning. I'm glad to be here. And I will say um, one of one of the best things so far about being a state senator uh, is getting to work with you oh. uh, side by side on a lot of Moorhead issues. Besides the fact that um, uh, I find Heather to be an incredible uh, wealth of knowledge on so many issues um, that she has, you know, been able to advance my knowledge of, school me on at times. Uh, so it has been wonderful. It's been a great, it's been a great partnership. I think so far with one year under our belt. I would agree. I think your dad jokes and weather conversations are fantastic there as we well. Go. Right, and it's all, it is always good, right? When you got to drive back from St. Paul to know, like, uh, I got this guy. I could call at any moment and say, "Can I drive back to St. Paul?" Yeah, to yeah. Moorhead. So no, it is really helpful. No, but it has been really an honor to be able to serve with you, you know, kind of entering into this work. I just was elected for the first time two years ago, you know, and now we're really learning how to do this work together. And I think it's fun to be a voice for Moorhead, our community and our region um, collectively. It's fun. Sure. And I will say, so, you know, obviously uh, on a bunch of Moorhead specific issues, uh, uh, you know, we're, we're working, we work together very closely, but on, on other things, um, I kind of rely on you and you have really taken the lead on a, on a couple of things. Not, I mean, not only for you know our region, but really for on a statewide level. Yeah. That you you are out there um, and have really taken the lead out. One of those things uh, is on homelessness, right? And the Homeless Youth Act, uh, which you were the the lead author on uh, in the House, uh, and and the uh, also the Safe Harbor Shelter Housing. Yeah. Uh, those were those are huge. Huge impactful bills across the state. So. Yeah, we were really lucky. We did some historic stuff around preventing homelessness. Um, you know, my story, even getting into politics, was I was going to MSUM uh, for my master's in educational leadership. And during my practicum in that, I was out in the community asking people, what were your barriers to academic success outside of academic rigor? So I like wasn't asking them, was math or science hard? And the top three things that rose to the top in this community um, was lack of representation in our school districts, not having a safe place to go or not having a house at night, and food insecurities. And that made a lot of sense to me, right? Because we all know if we haven't eaten, you're hangry. If you don't have a place to stay, like that leaves you uneasy and unsafe. Um, and if you don't see yourself reflected in the schools, that really kind of tells you subliminally that you're invisible. And so when I got elected, you know, it was really my commitment to go back to those voices and those stories. And, I, you know, I know homelessness. I've seen it. I've experienced it. I have a lot of family and loved ones that have. And so um, I really just became the voice for that. And it's intertwined in every single table that we talk about, whether it's public safety, whether it's health care. Um, you know, if, if our communities don't have homes or places to stay, we're really not a healthy community. And so um you know, we did something unique. We created what's called the Pathway Home Act, which was really this idea of braiding all of the things together. Um, I think when we braid things together, obviously it's stronger. Um, and so one of the first things we did for um, like shelter in general was we created for the first time ever $100 million to go into shelter capital across the state. Um, what we know is that's not enough, but it, it'll get us going in the in the right direction. And then staffing, you know, some of the changes that we were able to make right here in our community, we're able to give people at Churches United a $2 an hour raise. Um, that's really impactful. So it's been wonderful, along with food insecurities, kind of goes hand in hand with me. Um, but yeah, I continue uh, to want to be the the voice for that and continue the movement around ending homelessness border to border in Minnesota. And when you say shelter capital, too, exactly what does shelter capital mean? Sure. Yeah. So it's 
you know, at the end of the day, if people are sleeping on the streets and they need a place to go tonight, they typically go to a shelter. Um, there's all kinds of different shelters. We have some based on age, based on family, based on need, based on cultural, um, you know, infusion. And so it's really just to get people off the streets to save their life in that day. Um, and then we move into transitional housing. We, we added some money so that, you know, our transitional housing is 36 months of support. And then into affordable home ownership. Um, put almost $4 million into our community alone in some of that housing infrastructure. So really trying to save people from the streets, from encampment work, all the way up to affordable housing. Sure. So shelters are kind of the, the, the space that you go to save people off the streets that night. And and within our community, let's, mm-hmm. we'll just focus here, you know, on our community. Do you, know, do you think people are, are aware of just exactly what the homelessness problem is within our community? I don't think so. I mean, I don't think people in general are really aware of what their homelessness snapshot looks like in their community. Um, it typically is a conversation that people want to say, oh, it's not in my backyard. It's not my deal. Like, I'm fine. They need to go and, you know, find the boot store and pull their, you know, boots up by their bootstraps. And um, it's really sad because every community across Minnesota and greater Minnesota, it's even harder. You know, we have people living in shoveled out snow um, belts sometimes and, you know, under bridges and in our parking lots and stuff. And so it's very much here. Clay County is number one for unsheltered Native American women coming out of incarceration and number two for black men. Um, And that should be something that we really talk about, be honest about. And and kind of going hand in hand, a lot of times with homelessness are mental health correct issues. Mm-hmm. And I know that is another area uh, where you have also been, you know, yeah. doing a lot of work in. You want to want to talk a little bit about the work you've done on the mental health side? Yeah, I mean, I think it starts with my personal story. I think a lot of us um, there's a stigma to talking about, you know, struggling. We're all I I think everybody listening to this has some sort of stressors in their life or struggle with mental health or have known people. Who really do. And the more that I hear about our stories and see the maps of Minnesota, um, our region is really a mental health desert in some of those areas, especially with our high need kids. Um, And so, you know, my goal is to bring I've brought a lot of people together. I've brought some chairs out here so they can really listen to our side of the story. Um, Being a border city adds some complications just because creating service bridges is harder than maybe some people would assume. Um, but at the end of the day, we have kids here who have really high need um, situations and we end up either they stay in a hospital. Some of them end up in the juvenile detention center or we send them you know, hours away. And we know that our kids only heal the best when they can have constant engagement with their loved ones and their community. And so um, really making it a commitment to to address that on this side of the state. Um, it's not you know, a Moorhead issue. It's really a regional issue over here. And um you know, again, I think everybody has to be able to start talking about it and, and addressing it. We see it impacting our community every day. All right. We got to take a quick break. Will you, you stick around uh, when we come back after the break? Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll talk a little basketball, too. Oh, so, I love that. So that'll be fun. Uh, you are listening to KFGO, the mighty 790 News and Views. We're back here on News and Views on KFGO. I am Rob Kupek filling in for Joel Heidkamp this morning. And I have with me uh, my house partner in political I don't know. What do you want to call it? Political. I know it's too early to come up with a great word. but <laughs> <laughs> Political escapades. How about that? There yeah. you go. Wow. Heather Keeler is with me here. Um, and uh, one thing you may not know about Heather, Heather uh, played basketball herself. 
I did, and I played softball and volleyball and a bunch uh, of things. Yeah, and uh, you are also a very proud spud mom. I love being a spud mom. It's like my favorite thing to talk about. And you were at the, the last game at the old gym last night. Yeah, because um, DJ is a senior, and it's been, you know, basketball, watching your kid play basketball in these spaces is really wonderful, and you don't really realize how connected you get to a space with memories. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I remember when DJ was in fourth grade, you know, and they'd go play at halftime and it was so cool. And I remember them thinking like, oh, one day we're going to play, you know, in varsity and everybody's going to come and watch. And for it to be his senior year and have that gym, I mean, obviously more packed than it's ever been. And for them to have a fantastic night and one of his senior captains and good friend Dylan Zimmerman hit his thousand point last night. And so just a lot of excitement and really cool to watch our kids um, just have a fantastic time. And then it was neat because at the end they had a bunch of the coaches there that had been, you know, a part of that space. And then they had youth basketball players lead us over into the new gym. And so it was like this really cool transition to what it was, to what it will be. Um, And I love that my son's a part of that transition. So they'll, they'll play in the new gym um, tonight. Tonight. Yeah. So what do you think? What is, how does the new gym look? Um, it looks new. It smells (laughs) new. Um, I guess we'll see, you know, the experience getting in there, the lighting's different, the seating's different. Um, one of the first things we figured out was where the concession stand was at, you know, but it's nice because there's like a walking track up on top of it, um, which is kind of nice because I've seen in other gymnasiums when we go to, you know, sometimes people like to actually get up and go move around at halftime or between games. Um, So I I think it's a wonderful environment. I think the team that brought it together um, did a fantastic job. So let me just ask, because I don't, I don't, um, you know, my son is, is, you know, aged, moved out of the house, gone. And, you know, so I'm kind of the empty nester. How, how difficult is it for you (laughs) balancing this job being away in St. Paul and, and, and being there as a mom, I mean, what for you personally, I mean, how I look at all, at all you know, so many of my colleagues, I don't, know, I don't know how you do it. I don't know how I do it either. I think, you know, every day I just choose to show up and, you know, that the path is created for me, but it's hard. You know, I'm really lucky to have a support system. You know, we're, we're generational in the way that we love on our kids. So my mom is a really big part of my kids' life. Um, but also, you know, I'm, I'm showing my kids that, you know, we can do more in the world. Um, and just kind of vent on social media. You know, we we can show up and really be an active part of what we want the future to look like. And so I do miss things, you know, and I'm a mom that necessarily doesn't get to bake cookies all the time or make Valentine boxes. Um, and so the way that I mom just looks a little bit different, but I'm really lucky uh, to have a support system. But it is hard. You know, it's emotionally hard to be away from our kids, um, be away from the people that we love. And, you know, it's a four hour drive one way in bad weather. So just being even away from the community is hard, but I think that's the sacrifice that we make to create a better Minnesota. Oh, well, I thank you for it because I know <laughs> it's got to be difficult because, you know, even, you know, I, I know even work, you know, when I was in the media, it's a goofy schedule working in the media sometimes. And it, it's not mm-hmm. you're not there on those, those evening things and, and you miss some things. So it is. Uh, yeah, it's, it's a challenge. It's a lot of FaceTime, you know, watching concerts on FaceTime and, you know, kind of having a relationship from a distance sometimes. But, you know, we're only in session from January to May. We get to come home on the weekends. Mm-hmm. And then the flip side is that, you know, I get the rest of the year to really be a little bit more flexible. Um, have had the chance to engage with all my son's summer activities through AAU basketball and travel a lot of places. So, you know, there is the flip side of it, too. Sure. And, and I will say, your, your son also... Mm-hmm. 
going to play, you know, football at the next level, go on to the Well, we hope so, yeah. You know, we're not well, supposed to talk about that. Okay, we That's won't good. talk about where, anywhere we go, <laughs> we're, but he's good enough to do that. Yeah, I mean, he so has offers. Done, we're yes. definitely in the conversation. Right. My son has worked extremely hard to be um, what I consider a top athlete and academically well, and just he's got a fantastic character. So, yeah, I mean, stay tuned, and hopefully we'll see where he's going real soon. Excellent. All right. So anything uh, in the last couple minutes here, anything you're looking forward to in the next legislative session we have coming up? It's a policy year. We're not dealing with a budget thing. Yeah, I Um, think the biggest thing for me is um, really looking at our region. We get missed a lot. I think our voice, I think our story has been missed a lot. And so, you know, I've brought 11 chairs out here so that we can have the chairs hear conversations from our community. But I think we'll continue to do studies and really look at the numbers um, so that we can come back have solid arguments and um, debate about how much funding we need to put out here for our mental health and homelessness resources. Um, And also I just kind of want, you know, when we talk about mental health, I think it's important to let people know that it's okay to put yourself first and you know, your foundation is yourself and everything around you will only survive if your foundation is strong. So make sure you take care of yourself. And I will say um, because of a lot of, a lot of the work you've done and a lot of what you, we are not getting uh, quite overlooked as much. Uh, yeah. Maybe in the past, because I think you you've done a great job uh, of advocating, you know, for our area and explaining that, you know, and, and, and people always think we're very rural out here and we're not. We're mm-hmm. very we're part of this huge, you know, like 250,000 people metro area. We're just yeah, one, we're just the Minnesota side of it. Well, I think it's, you brought it up first um, in a meeting and I was like, oh, yeah, that is right. We're the fastest growing community. Outside of Minneapolis, St. Paul. So, mm-hmm. yep, we're here. Look yeah. at us. Our voice is going to be loud. Right. Yeah, and it's not. It's a good thing. It's a good problem to have is growth. But there are challenges that come uh, with that growth. Yeah, we are. Clay County is the fastest growing county out there. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I say that every meeting I get a chance, and people are always like, "What? What are you talking about? What's going on?" Yeah, so, more than just a weather guy. I know more than just a weather guy. 